Yes, you're gonna have people turn their backs, but it's time for us to keep talking. Just keep talking that real, bro. Do what you do, I know what you do, so keep doing that. Talk the real. The HBI lads will see you now. See you now. I don't want to cause no problems. Mm-hmm. I just want to live my life, but I keep... And we're back, HBI Podcast, Health, Business, and In Between. And it's the Dangerous Geo today. It is myself, Dr. Bridger, and Mr. Benjamin Humphreys, physio. And today, we're talking all things pregnancy. That's right. Dan's uh, busy on a plane on the way to Barbados, because that's the lifestyle that a young single man lives, whereas the dads, they don't talk pregnancy. And specifically what we're going to deep dive today is sort of like taking care of the pregnant patient. Now, obviously within every profession, there is going to be different levels of understanding, education, or want to work with pregnant people. For me, it's always been a major passion of mine. My mother is a midwife, so it was always something that I was around for a very young age. <clears throat> and I do think it's an area, you know, for pregnant women, I do think it's an area that's under-supported and underappreciated. You know, my wife's, we've had our second child now and, you know, I must have looked after hundreds, if not thousands of pregnant women. And unfortunately, especially in Australia, it's almost become over-medicalized. What I mean by that is pregnancy is treated like a disease rather than sort of beautiful and natural thing it is. Mm. And as a byproduct, women are made to feel, you know, like they're doing something wrong in a lot of cases and they're scared and like this thing's coming to get them. And it's really the opposite of what? A pregnant mother, especially a first-time pregnant mother, needs. Now, already stressful enough. That's it. Now I'm mm. going to run the disclaimer right now because I'm sure there's some triggering already going on if they're on the line. Yes, this is going to be a podcast of two men talking <laughs> about pregnancy, but we both take up look after pregnant women, myself especially. So yeah, I'm not going to tell you what it's like to give birth because I will never know, um, and at times I'm probably thankful for that. Uh, but I can tell you what it's like supporting, like I said, hundreds if not thousands of women over the last decade. So and um, not that personal experience is everything, but I guess yeah. we've seen our wives, our wives go through just recently a second birth for both of us so uh, you know as a health professional plus some personal experience of a partner doing it i think yeah we're not experts at all and i, I definitely palm yeah. off a lot of my pregnant women to to raise stegley our, our women's health well she's almost a women's health physio she's not a fully qualified just yet she's in her final year of her master's i believe but yeah um i have had experience but yeah i am definitely not a go-to women's health pregnancy physio guy yeah <laughs> Now, pregnancy is my, like, it's something that I look after really heavily, right? So, and listen, a lot of my patients that I have looked after started as patients that were already seeing me and then got pregnant while under care and we transitioned there. But at the same time, I have a lot that seek me out for pregnancy-based care. And obviously, you know, for the practitioners out there, how you look after a pregnant woman is going to vary very differently depending on the trimester she's in, combined mm. with the individual in front of you, you know? A lot of women first try, one, half of it they often don't even know. And two, you really don't need to make any major modifications to your treatment, right? Like they've got this, you know, the baby is so tiny and so well protected. There's no real need to modify a lot of things unless, of course, the woman's feeling uncomfortable, unless, of course, you know, there is some other secondary risk factor or, you know, someone who mm. develops really early on. But in general, as a chiropractor, you know, Manipulation, mobilization, soft tissue work is all part of it. And, you know, at this stage, women still can lie flat on their stomach, do all these things. There's no real variation at this stage to the way you're going to look after them. The only real shift is the mindset, right? And the biggest thing I find throughout pregnancy is just reinforcing to women, like, how well they're doing. Because it's almost like every hospital visit, everything else, or like, God forbid, women, do not speak to your friends about birth stories. Because you're only, it's like bad 
bad reviews. You're only going to get the shittiest of them, right? You'll never get that woman who's like had a great experience. It's always the one that was just like, everything is the worst. You're going to die. It's like, <laughs> just cut that shit out of your life. It's not doing you any favors, right? Like unfollow, 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 right? She's scary enough it's, on its own. Yeah. So you just like, you know, I sometimes I think women come to me just because I'm like, man, you were doing so well. You are awesome. Look at you go. They just need yeah. a little bit of like a pep talk, right? Like if you're about to run a marathon, you want some encouragement along the way, right? And some support. It's no different through pregnancy. And like, I really think once when it comes to like treatment, I'll go through this one. Once you start to get towards try two, you know, early stages um, and then right towards the end of before you transition, try three, that's where we really start having to make some treatment modifications, right? Like obviously we're usually getting bellies popping through you know as we transition towards third try we start to get release of relaxin which is obviously our ligament that obviously loosens ligamentous tendinous tissue to facilitate um trial uh, movement of the pelvis but obviously instability becomes a major thing general soreness you know it's the shift in the biomechanics of the body starts to put more pressure on certain joints plus mindset because there is a definite tendency and especially you know if you work with more athletic women that they want to try and hold that level of left athleticism through the birth process and the human like the like in the female lower body is designed to allow like it, it frustrates women i'm like once you get the baby coming through you've really got to allow that tummy to drop over right that real waddle position because the lower facets are designed to allow that to basically lock together yeah you'll get some flat back pain but it'll stop you like irritating everything and mm. most importantly we're jumping ahead here but like if you're constantly trying to keep your like abs tight throughout you're risking like diastasis, so tearing through the abdominal wall, right? It annoys women, but I'll have women on the table lying in the back and I'll be sort of wobbling the belly side to side. I'm like, that's beautiful. That's what the wobble we want, right? They're like, oh, and I'm like, no, no, this is good because it means things are light, there's space, everything's happy. This is rigid and tight. Well, you know, it's, there's nowhere to go and we're more likely to have these other issues, right? So it's a really, really, the mindset for women and supporting them through that because, you know, it's such a shift in identity for them. It's, you really have to be there just as the, like, person like i said just telling them they're doing awesome mm-hmm. and i'm around here so like again coming back to second try i have special pillows that allow women to lie on their stomach literally up until they go give birth so whether they're you know 12 weeks or i've had a woman that's 42 weeks plus five days we were still able to lie tummy down which Big be honest with you, they're just like please can i buy these for home so i can lie down more literally but again for me and this is the way i like to treat you know a lot of as we transition later stages of pregnancy is a lot more soft tissue based or gentle mobilization uh mobilization still definitely thoraco um cervical but like i rarely will like sideline adjust a pregnant woman outside of try two unless there's a distinct reason like again like i had a client of mine that's been a client ever she always responds well to it we do there or someone who's really like flared up a sacroiliac joint late stage i would trial non like more mobilization work for one or two sessions and if that's not improving then i might look at it Mm -hmm. um and again it's it's not that it's difficult at all you just got to minimize the rotation components but for me it's always like if you can get the same result with less that's what we're going to do right as a secondary to that one of the biggest issues I see looking up to pre move moving forward to later stages is a fear around lying on their back. I don't know if you saw this with your wife there, Ben. No, she was so like casual about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, she I, should be, right? She, she, like, to tangent here a little bit, 
Um, there's so much, obviously, this is more personal experience that a, a women can read and so many people giving their uh, opinion, obviously women going through it, are always going to sort of want to share stories, like you said, through the birth stories, but often it's not really warranted advice. Anyway, to me, personally, she just, uh, she spoke to an obstetrician about it and he just said, look, you do what's comfortable with you. There's no pressure. Don't, if you don't read any books, don't read any books. Like she, she mainly got her, you know, pregnancy maternal sort of advice from her mum and my mum. Women who one, her mum had five, and then my mum had four. So, um, you know, she took a lot of advice just from her direct immediate family rather than sort of getting opinions from left, right, and centre because she was very overwhelmed with it all and thought, should I do this? Should I do that? So um, she was way more comfortable just getting the advice from her mum, my mum and her mum. And then, you know, there wasn't all this extra fear around, as you said, like lie on the back. Sure. You need to know that. Sure. You should, you know, angulate your back a little bit and make sure there's no pressure on the, was it abdominal vena cava or yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's femoral, it's femoral abdominal vena cava is the reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, but again, it's so rare. And I've literally had a woman at like 24 weeks. I was like, all right, line your back. And she's like, I can't, I'll kill my baby. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not a risk at all for a start. The risk yeah. is nerve compression and like vascular feeling through the low limb. But yeah. I was like, do you feel anything when you lie on your back? She's like, no. And I was like, well, then it's a non issue. Like again, I'm blessed to have a mum who's a midwife for 30 years mm. um, who has been talking about this since day one. So, like, yeah. with my no women, fear, and obviously yeah. we don't spend huge amounts of time, but it's like, line your back. If you start to feel something, you'll let me know. The same goes for, like, advice for women in terms of sleep position. It's like, whatever feels comfortable. But your body's intelligent. Like, this is the big thing, especially with pregnancy. You've never seen a million. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, like, you've never seen a body more intelligent and when you see a woman go through the pregnancy process, right? And like, like, if your body- It's another life. Yeah. It's crazy. You can't even comprehend it. <laughs> yeah. So like, if you're lying there, it's like, yeah, going wrong. Your body will wake you up if you move, right? right? Like, it's like, it's like we we think our bodies are these dumb pieces of an animate object like that don't so have any smart, intelligence right? in them. It's, it's, it's wild, right? So again, we need to take that fear away. And then for me, you know, it's just everything is about just- deloading pressure on the system you know we want good space we've got movement if we can have that we know baby's more likely to get into good position to you know initiate the birth process to minimize getting caught and all these things right so we really want to support that throughout that process to go through there and then you know like post-birth i used to i had this post that i put up just after my wife gave birth to our first and it was that you know if someone comes to see me for a rolled ankle I'm going to tell them it's probably going to be 12 to 16 weeks till it's fully rehabbed. You just had a baby. Give yourself some time, right? Like, as you see these women, like, three days after giving birth, trying to go back to the gym or trying to do these things, you're just like, I just need you to have a breath and calm down, right? Just chill. (laughs) And, like, Gypsy did it. She went too hard and then just blew herself out and then was down for a couple of weeks, right? So you Mm -hmm. have to, you know, you've seen all that, you know, the models that, like, four days later on the catwalk again, you're just like, that's not good. And I, I would almost guarantee that, that person's going to have prolonged issues later on. Mm. Uh, but we can't, you know, this is the epitome of a time where you just can't compare yourself to others. You have to go with your own flow. And you really have to support yourself, you know, and like those, with those around you to just find what that rhythm looks like, right? And be a little conservative. Like we still have to remember, relaxing is going to hang around for another three months post-birth. So you are at higher risk of injury while that's happening. And if you're, like I've watched women 
doing like full explosive CrossFit classes two weeks later. And I'm like, I'm really proud and really supportive if you think like that's like you really want to do, but are you doing it because you love it or are you doing it because you've got this idea from a societal point of view that you feel like you need to get back in shape immediately? Because if it's the second, the juice is just not worth the squeeze, right? Mm. And I think go. you touched on some good points there. Like, again, not that this is our realm, but it depends on obviously the influence and whatnot. But I guess it might also come down to the, the self-esteem of the woman. Um, yeah. And uh, maybe, I guess, uh, I might be speaking out of line, but <clears throat> I think usually the higher the self-esteem, I guess, of the woman and the more accepting you are, your body will be changing and not being resistant to that those changes. I think the smoother the process goes, especially with, with Tamiya, she was very natural with it and she sort of just went with it and understood that, yeah, I'm going to have some changes. My body's going to look different and whatnot. Uh, we did the chiropractic throughout, some physio treatments throughout, and I can we can talk about how we modified some things for her, but um I had a, a client, she she had twins and then was going back to like compound, like pretty heavy group training, like within, she had like a some form of prolapse or something. She, she I think she went back in, she had maybe abdominal hemorrhage as well. Like afterwards went back for another yeah. surgery, like pretty hectic shit. Like, especially as you know, like as you said, after those, that, that first week to three months after, like they, they still bleed and they're still going to have internal yeah. like bleeding and hemorrhaging and whatnot like obviously life-threatening sort of stuff and she was just going crazy on her training i'm just like i said well, i said look you know you've had um you're just giving birth naturally giving birth to twins you've had an abdominal surgery on top of that um it's only been at that stage maybe two months after surgery and yeah. the birth and whatnot and she was like looking in great shape and whatnot but i'm like you're at pretty big risk of like the rectus diastasis tearing the abdominal wall yeah. so she hasn't healed properly yet like you've gone through it like you need to acknowledge that you've just had twins first birth yeah. you've had a surgery as well had some complications i'm like that's a big deal so i want you to to know that like as you said you've, you've done a great job so far but and i don't want to scare you but you are at risk of like tearing you know, the abdominal wall yeah. you're at risk of you know potentially some other serious stuff so just keep in mind that you know this training it will come over time and we can set you up and guide you on some training conditioning return to training running whatever you want to do but yeah. um be aware and i think that's sort of what, what i'm getting out of this conversation is that the, the more i guess um appropriate information the better because that all that helps destigmatize and, and reduce the fear surrounding around a pregnancy but i think a really important job as, as the practitioner and me because i'm i'll do a bit of soft tissue work cupping needling whatever it does change throughout you know i've got some information yeah. from our um doctor of trans medicine and naturopath that we work with at the health press rachel and rihanna and they said you look around like uh, the pregnancy just don't do any heavy cupping or needling around that sort of yeah pregnancy sort of section of, of the spine and the rib cage, uh, the trunk. But other than that, I think the best advice you can give these people is the best thing you can do for these people, sorry, is, is the advice on the training and uh, the musculoskeletal management. As you said, we're not fertility specialists. We're not obstetricians. We're not endocrinologists. Yeah. Like we, in my opinion, should you be giving that advice? Maybe you need to taper it with, oh, it's personal recommendation. This is not my pref professional opinion, but um. Yeah, I think that advice was super helpful for this woman and just said, just as you said, just to chill, take it easy. Things will come back. Like it just takes time. You're just going through a hugely traumatic time for your body and a, not traumatic as such, but huge changes. So therefore, yeah. you should respect them and just give yourself some time. Yeah, 100%, right? Like it's it's no different if you took like a bunch of time out of the gym. Like, and this is the thing that worries me at times. Your patient's going, all right, I'm just going to go straight back to what I was doing before I got pregnant. It's like, that was a while ago. 
we're going to need to build that back up, right? And again, it's like anything. As long as you acknowledge the start point, mm. but I think actually more importantly than that, you acknowledge the why. So no training is worthwhile without an intent. Mm. And so as long as you, like, you're honest about why you're there, whether it's for mental health, whether it's, you know, you do want to improve the body. Sweet. This is what the journey looks like. Then there should be no risk. And it's about really supporting yourself with a good team around you. This goes through to like, this is, I think, something that really needs to be caveated as well with what training for pregnant women, right? Like, like we said, it's no different to a lot of ways treatment. First up, don't probably need any major modifications unless there's a particular issue, issue with yes. um, you know, morning sicknesses and stuff like that. As we go on, you're generally going to take a lot of your more explosive work or direct ab workout. Mm. And the level of that will depend on the level of the individual, right? Like a more well-trained individual can push longer, right? Uh, and someone that, you know, it's relative. You, yeah. If you're yeah, relatively relative. untrained, suddenly trying to get in and get trained and you're trying to is probably not the time, right? No. But it's, again, it's no different during as it is after that we then have to figure out where we're starting from and take that time to move through. And it's getting a really good team around you. And this is, you alluded to it before, but I think this is a really important one, particularly for our allied health listeners, is what's in your scope? Because mm. I do know, and I will speak to my own profession, there are times where I see... <sighs> I don't know if it's out of scope, but it's not exactly within, right? So you see a lot of discussion around fertility, nutrition, stuff like that around like pregnancy or getting pregnant and post and all these things. And, you know, I did the couple of crew that I talk about have post-grad masters, which fair enough, right? But as a standard allied health practitioner with base like training, it's probably, you know, you can parrot some stuff. Like if you've gone done some reading, listen to podcasts, like, hey, I listened to this. They were talking about this. That's just me passing on info. It'd be worth having a look at. Or if you're a woman, gonna, I guess, who's gone through it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're going to manage stuff, uh, mm. and especially people paying you for that advice, you want to be real careful about how far you string that bow, right? Like, I often like, like, you know, in the modern world, and I literally saw, and this is off topic, but forgive me, obviously, so an allied health practitioner who shall remain nameless, who was <laughs> attempting to, I would imagine, start their, you know, glorious coaching career, and their initial masterclass was on releasing the pec minor. And I was like, that's it. That's like, come join me for my pec minor release masterclass. I was just like, what, uh, two minutes? Uh, like, <laughs> do I tune in? Like, oh, we're done. All right. Um, yeah, done. I was like, it was also, I was like, if it's any longer than that, you're doing some voodoo shit there that I don't want to be part of anyway, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so first you can align the chakras before yeah. you, uh, you know, release the, uh, the demons. But um, <laughs> you get, you know, you get what I mean, right? Like you have to like decide like, just because you don't want to, yeah. yeah, like I'm going to handle handle the MSK issues that go along here. I can offer you, you training advice around it, but hey, you might want to go see this, you know, um, friend colleague of mine who specialises in, you know, postpartum exercise. Or you know, my wife right now, she's got some stuff post pregnancy. She's seeing a women's health physio to deal with that because that is not something I deal with. Right, mm. like hands, like one very male. So a few issues there. Yeah. Person to do it, right? So yeah. I think we just have to remember that we're again, like we talk about this all the time. It's finding the team. And so if you know, if you have pregnant patients, so if you're pregnant yourself, and you just happen to find our podcast for some reason, uh, you know, yeah. finding that team, whatever that team is for you. But often, like I'll, I do use the expression, like when you're looking after a pregnant patient, it's the opposite of a normal presentation, where as you go along, you'll see them more often, not less often. Kind of yeah, thing. So, like, yeah. we'll start less up. frequent, and then when we start to get towards the end, it's and you know, the pre- the stress has gone on the system. We're going to bring that a lot closer because you want to make sure you're supporting that. Like, I've I've literally had women on their way to the hospital swing through the clinic, and we're like, part 
was like party of the Red Sea. Um, <laughs> you know, they run through, jump on the table, you adjust them, you like make sure this body is ready. And they're like, go have a baby. Like, everyone's cheering them out. Yeah, like, yeah. It's amazing, right? It's such a cool <laughs> thing, but it's just like a really important like, part in time in their life. And that's why I'm so really passionate about it because I just don't see it being appreciated. I see women feeling like there's something wrong. And like in my own experience going through obviously nutrition-led care, which honestly I wasn't a huge fan of because it was just all medical procedures, insurance. Oh, if you don't oh, do what we private. tell you, you get yeah, no public as well. But, yeah. And like it's just, you know, and I always like to prep women for these things like we got the dead baby talk where they're like you don't you're not going to do what we're telling you to do this could kill your baby which is just the fact that they're like that's like your worst fear like don't like drive it into someone yeah they throw like i used to hear it about it and think it was a joke i more often than not and this was the reason we copped it is because she was 40 weeks to normal and we were going to wait till after 40 weeks before we considered induction it's like the medical fraternity believes that 40 weeks if you go past it's full term. Wrong. 40 weeks full term that's yeah well realistically great. especially 39 to 41 is pretty standard 42 is still within very norms yeah. like yeah unless there's just- like and this is where I, like to me i had gestational diabetes and whatnot and they yeah. go look high risk of stillborn after 40 weeks therefore look, we'll just run you up until 40 weeks and then we'll if you need to we'll do the induction and whatnot but i think but see, that's not true i don't like <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna go down i'm going hard with this because gypsy was as well yeah there's a higher risk but it's usually with other risk factors associated. This is, I'm actually going to do this today, the COVID thing, right? Like higher risk with this, yeah, but it's also higher risk because you're overweight, have diabetes, and like all these like other yeah. things, right? Whereas the system's built around like very obscure things. So Gypsy had gestational. There's a higher risk of stillborn, absolutely. But we're talking relative risk ratios and external factors, right? Because you're in a hospital system, it's just a blanket rule. Mm. So that's why we, we copped it. But it was just such a like ridiculous system like we were actually we had everything managed via diet and wasn't even considered diabetic to me it's barely diet but yeah 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 what weight like weight gain was below what was considered standard but because bmi was slightly higher at the start even though someone could have started with a slightly lesser bmi and now had a higher one because they were lower at the start they would be fine whereas we were now considered high risk so and again it was one of those systems where you're like this is the system we got to deal with it but you don't have to agree. And that's why I always recommend this is, you know, this is more just personal going through multiple birth processes. There is just like we had a plan and then we adapted to the plan during the process. It's the best laid plan. I handled all discussions with doctors and stuff like that. Gypsy went to work. I supported her and, you know, it was a great, amazing experience for us. So listen, I'm going to wrap. Wrap it in today before I just start tirating down. But please, if you are allied to professional and you are looking after pregnant women, it is such an important time. And just give them everything you can, right? Like support them. Tell them how well they're doing. Give them a hug. Like sometimes they just need a hug and support mm. and being told they're doing awesome, right? Like just remind them. support them give them great feedback don't scare them and i guarantee you we see better results with everything so as always please if you got something today grab a screenshot throw it up i'd love to hear your ideas and opinions and how you work with pregnant women if you have questions shoot them through and wherever you're getting your podcast leave us a five-star review because it really does help more people and with more people we get better results absolutely thank you bro thanks for listening